Jesus is king. He's king. He is almighty. He is God. And uh, we are here worshiping him today. It's really a great, great uh, presence of almighty God here in this sanctuary today. God has been speaking to us. The voice of the Lord has been talking to us. And uh, I trust you have been hearing the opening of the service we heard from Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it, it speaks of running this race with perseverance, this race of life, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter, the author and the finisher of our faith. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're going to be talking about what Jesus did. And part of what we're going to look at today is, do we see Jesus? Have we fixed our eyes on Jesus? We heard an encouraging word, too, from Acts chapter 8 about Philip going to Samaria, where the Spirit of God had not fallen on believers. Acts Chapter 8, verse 16 says, they were simply baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. But the Holy Spirit had not yet come on them. And Peter and John, two apostles, they went, prayed for those believers, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Again, something we'll be talking about this morning fixing our eyes, and this gift of the Holy Spirit. And I want to begin addressing this, talking about it, by considering the song that we just heard. And I, I trust you, you did take, take it in and meditate a little bit on some of the verses. That song presented a question. Who do you say Jesus is? The first verse seemed to be from somewhat of a doubtful perspective. And we've heard today just some encouragement about if we've come in here and we are having some of that uncertainty and doubt, you're in the right place. That first verse said things like, you know, I've heard the stories and the rumors and yet Jesus asks, who do you say that I am? And can we answer? Can we answer really confidently from a place of, oh, it's just stories and it's rumors? Well, the chorus brought the answer. The chorus of that song, Christ the King, the King, the living God. He is the, the light of the world. He's the way. He's the Messiah, God with us. So verse one may have had a little bit of doubtful perspective, but the chorus gives the solid answer. Jesus Christ is king. He's the living God. He is alive today. And then verse number two, verse number two turns that doubt into confident conviction. Jesus is Lord. It's unwavering faith. And how, how could that be? Where is this faith 
come from? Where, where is it? And the, the verse says, I've seen, I have seen, I've seen healing. I've seen dead things raised to life. I've been a witness and I've seen so many things I just cannot deny. I've seen your wounded side, the scars upon your hands. Have you fixed your eyes on Jesus this morning? Are these things that you could confidently say? Maybe you really can't. Perhaps you really can't say like that song said with such confidence and conviction. Maybe you, you, you can't say, I've seen these things. I've seen things I just can't deny. Now, if we consider the gospel narratives, we know that there are any number of the men and the women that were faithful followers of Jesus. They could say those words. They could say, I've seen. They were witnesses. They saw what Jesus did. They saw his healings. They saw that he raised some from the dead. And of course, they were witnesses to the crucifixion. They saw the wounds. They saw the wounds as, as he was bleeding out. They saw his hands and his side. And there were witnesses to the resurrection where they also saw the wounds of Jesus. And those wounds he showed, he showed them in his resurrected body. And it's, it's an interesting thought that the resurrected body of Jesus, and we're all looking forward to a resurrected body. I know I am. I don't feel the creaks and the, the, the groans of life and where I know things, things that I lifted up 25 years ago, they're a lot heavier now. I'm looking forward to the resurrected body. But Jesus' body, it, it kept, his resurrected body kept some of the, the wounds that he suffered for us. And he showed those wounds. And those wounds in his resurrected body identified him as having been crucified even as he stood before his followers very much alive. Now we're going to look at the Gospel of John. In one of these accounts of Jesus appearing to his followers after he'd risen from the dead. And we're going to talk about what Jesus did. And, and does that, any of it, does any of what Jesus did then, does it relate to today? Can we... Can we take some of what he did and really apply it to our life? We're going to be in John chapter 20. And you can put a bookmark there, get your finger in your gospel at John 20. I want to give you a little background to the first part of John chapter 20. It's the day of resurrection. John describes this as the day that the tomb was opened, Jesus was resurrected from the dead, one of his faithful followers, Mary Magdalene, went to the tomb when she went to the tomb of Jesus, she found it empty. And she thought his body had been stolen. She wept. She wept outside the tomb. And outside the tomb, as she wept, she met Jesus. And she thought he was the gardener. She said, if you took him, sir, if you took him, please tell me. 
so I can go get him? Then Jesus said her name, Mary. And at that point, she recognized him. And she was overjoyed, and he said, go tell the others, Mary. And Mary went, and she told the disciples of Jesus these words. I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord with my own eyes. I have seen the Lord. And she told them all the other things Jesus had said to her. And So when we read that first part of John 20, we see Mary was coming to the tomb, but she was not expecting a resurrected Jesus. She was not expecting an empty tomb. And she was desperate devastated, thinking there had been a grave robbery. When she saw Jesus, at first she didn't even recognize him. But when she saw and recognized, ah, what a difference that made. When she saw him, she believed. She saw and she believed her faith was sealed She was overjoyed. She cried out to him, Rabbi. And then she went on testifying. And her testimony was this. I have seen the Lord. Her faith was firm. Her faith was firm. I've seen. I've seen. Now the account continues. And we pick it up. We pick it up in John 20, verse 19. Again, it's the day of resurrection. And John 20, verse 19 says, on the evening of that first day of the week, that day he'd been describing, that day which was the day of resurrection, the day they found the tomb empty, on that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said... Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, after Mary, after Mary had shared with the followers of Jesus the good news, Mary comes with a testimony. I've seen the Lord. Think about it. Think think about yourself in that first century Your Lord, the man you followed for years, he's been crucified. Someone comes who's been a faithful follower too, a friend, and she says, I've seen the Lord. He's alive. The tomb was empty. She gives you this great story. I've seen the Lord. What do you do? What did they do? Well, they locked themselves in a room out of fear, full of fear, They locked themselves in a room. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders. So Mary's testimony was so strong. It was so wonderful. It didn't embolden the followers of Jesus at all. They locked themselves in a room full of fear. They hid themselves. Afraid. Well, then Jesus appeared. And what was his first word? Peace. Peace. And I'm sure he said peace to calm them. They were frightened. Peace. To ease their fear. And then what did he do? He showed them his wounds. He showed them his hands and his side. And they were overjoyed. 
They were overjoyed. Wow. Because they saw the Lord. And now their faith was confident. They could say, just like Mary, I have seen, I've seen. Now, let's pick up the account. Mary has seen the Lord. A whole group of followers of Jesus have seen the Lord. Let's go to verse 24, John 20, 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, just like Mary, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came out and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Thomas heard the report. Jesus had appeared to the followers and they had told him, we have seen the Lord. Now that was the same report Mary had brought. I've seen the Lord. How had those disciples responded? Well, they were full of fear and they locked themselves into a room. I think Thomas kind of gets a bad rap that he's known as Doubting Thomas. Mary had gone to the tomb not expecting an empty tomb. When she saw the Lord, she had confident faith and she went to testify. But her testimony did not persuade the other disciples. If you read the Gospels of Mark and Luke, both record that these followers of Jesus did not believe that Jesus had risen from the dead until they saw him. And John's Gospel tells us essentially the same thing. But after they saw Jesus, after they saw, after he had showed them his hands and his side, they believed. They believed that Jesus was alive. Now what had Thomas, Thomas who gets this, this reputation as being doubting Thomas, what had he done differently? Thomas verbalized what they had internalized. He said it out loud. They didn't say it out loud. But Thomas said it out loud. Let me see his hands. Then I'll believe. Well, Jesus appeared again a week later. And just like the last time, peace, peace, his first word. I'll calm you guys down. Then he showed himself. He said to Thomas, here's my hands. See my side. You can touch. You can put your hand on my side. Stop doubting and believe. And then Thomas. Thomas exclaimed this great, this wonderful profession of faith. My Lord and my God. To which Jesus said, because you have seen me, because you have seen me, 
you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I'm not sure that anyone in that room could apply themselves to the last words of Jesus there. The latter part, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. But the first part, that first part, because you have seen me, you believed. Well, I think that applied to all of them. Seems to apply to all of them. And yet, Jesus didn't condemn them, did he? He didn't condemn Thomas. He just encouraged them, stop doubting. Despite their doubts, all of them, all of them, Mary going to a tomb, expecting Jesus' body to be there. These disciples are locked in a room full of fear. Thomas, who says it out loud, I'm not going to believe until I see it. Despite all that doubt and unbelief, what did Jesus do? He kindly showed himself to them. I know, faith is not always easy. Believing is not always easy. I cannot imagine what it would have been like to be in the first century, living in that place where your own rulers could have you executed in a day. Look at what the Jewish leaders accomplished with Jesus. They got him killed in a day. And they were under a, an occupying government, the Romans, who were the ones who meted out the justice. They executed Jesus with a cross. They nailed him to a cross of violence, crucifixion. This was common. This is their life. Yeah, I think it'd be easy to go hide in a room and lock the door. I think I would have been right there with them. And Jesus was kind. Jesus was gracious. He showed himself. He said, peace, don't be afraid. Look at me, look. Look at my hands, look at my side. And they saw with their natural eyes, and they believed. And wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be great if we could just see Jesus like they did? I, I think that would seal our faith. If, if Jesus asked after that, who do you say that I am? Well, then, of course, like Thomas, we could, we could say, my Lord and my God. Yeah, because we've seen him. Yet Jesus expressed, after showing Himself, he expressed this, this idea of having a greater faith. He spoke of those who didn't see and yet would believe. But again, that's hard. Believing and, and, and having faith, it can be difficult. And I know now things are so much different in the world, but there are things that can shake us and rock us. They're different than the times of the first century. I, I know we don't have to run around worrying about being crucified. Uh, our government isn't nailing people to crosses and lining the streets with them. But we got things that worry us, things that bring fear. You know, globally, there's this war in Europe. You know, Russia rattles the, 
the, the nuclear sabers, it frightens people. You know, here at home, we're on the heels of this pandemic. People are still, they're still worried. Some are still nervous about getting sick. And the culture, the culture, well, the culture's on this fast track to depravity and completely falling apart. There's gun violence, gun violence uh, across the country. And in the schools, you know, we've had Oxford, we've had Michigan State. There's the, the scourge of illegal drugs that uh, so many people get addicted, overdose. What are the public schools teaching? Oh, oh my goodness. I can't go to the grocery store. Have you seen the price of eggs? I mean, they're doubled. Things are going up. I mean, this, these things, they elicit fear in people, worry, anxiety. But Jesus, in that first century, he was gracious and he was kind to his followers when they were all afraid, when it was tough for them to believe, when they were struggling with their faith, he showed himself. He showed himself to those first followers and wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if we could say, I've seen, I've seen, and be confident that no matter what, because we've seen our Lord and our Savior alive and well, we've seen him. But I know fear and doubt, it can creep in, it can creep in. Let's be encouraged by what Jesus did, by what he did when those fears and those doubts crept in on, on his first followers. He was kind. He was gracious. He revealed himself. He let them see him, and he appealed for that deeper faith. And let me tell you that Jesus, he's still just as kind today. He is just as gracious today because when it comes to seeing him, Jesus made a promise. I know he said, he said, blessed are you if you believe and you haven't seen, but, but Jesus, he made a, a promise when it, it comes to this idea of seeing him. On the night that he was betrayed, so he's gonna go to this cross, he knows it, within less than 24 hours, he'll be hanging on a cross, the night he was betrayed and arrested, he's speaking to his closest followers and he told them, I'm going to be with the Father and you know the way. And someone spoke up. Someone spoke up and asked, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus had just told him, you know the Father I'm going to the place he prepared. You know the way. Someone says, no, we don't know where you're going. We don't know the way. And who was that that spoke up? Thomas. Ah, Thomas. How did Jesus respond? Jesus responded with the, the very uh, well-known words, I'm the way and I'm the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, Thomas, and all you others, you will know my Father. From now on, you do know him because you have seen him. See Jesus, see the Father. Well, somebody else spoke up. 
This time it was Philip. Philip who went to Samaria. I suppose Philip, I suppose he said what they were all thinking. Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough. He wanted to see. Jesus said, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. He had just said those words, and Philip said, show us. Show us the Father. I want to see him. So Jesus went on to explain. Philip, listen, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. He used many other words. He kept explaining this. And in John 14, verses 19 and 21, he, he, he wraps up his thoughts. Jesus said, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Take that in. Before long, the world will not see me anymore because Jesus was going to be crucified. He was going to die. He'd be resurrected. He was going to ascend into heaven. And Jesus yet says, but you will see me because I live in you. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me. And again, catch this, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Show myself to be seen. Now, in his kindness and in his compassion to calm the fears of his followers, Jesus showed them he had risen from the dead. He let them see with their natural eyes. But to all, to all, all of his followers, those that were there, all the followers that would come, Jesus, he promised, you'll see me. I will show myself to those who love me. You know, it might not be with the natural eyes. It's with the eyes of the heart. It's with the eyes of the heart. This is, this is what faith is about. But Jesus said to them and promised this, I will show myself. You will see me. How, what, what, what is this eyes of the heart? Well, in, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul makes mention of the eyes of the heart. In Ephesians 1.18, Paul wrote, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I want to say, may the eyes of every, uh, of every heart here, may the eyes of your hearts be enlightened by the promise of Jesus. The promise where he said, you'll see me. He promised to those who love them, to, to those who love him, you're in me and I am in you. See, how is it that the eyes of the heart function? How is it that we could say, we, we could see anything with the, the eyes of the heart or see anything outside of the natural? Jesus promised, I will be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit. It is by the indwelling Holy Spirit that Jesus reveals himself. He manifests himself. He shows himself. 
is by the power of the Holy Spirit in these times, these times of uncertainty and these times of hesitation, times of doubt and fear. When those things come on and and they creep into your life, we can rely on the indwelling Holy Spirit and we can say, I've seen, I've seen. We can fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith and we can say, I've seen and, and I want to ask, have you come to believe? Have you come to believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you come to believe it truly in, in your hearts? Do, do you believe that Jesus is your Lord and your Savior? Have you repented of your sins and, and you've come to Christ? Can you say that? I've repented. I've come to you, Jesus. You're my Lord and my Savior. Can you say I've been born again? Okay, you can say you've been born again. Maybe you've witnessed others who've, who, who've repented. They've yielded their life to Jesus. Maybe you've witnessed that. Well, I want to tell you that you can say you've seen. You've seen. This, this scripture from uh, Peter's letter, his first letter, 1 Peter 2.24, what he wrote, it applies to you. Peter wrote, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. If you can save, which many of you just did, I'm saved, I'm born again, then you are witness to life that was dead and it's it's alive. You've seen death come to life. You've been witness to healings. You've witnessed the healing of of the scourge of sin. What could be better than that? What could be better than that? If if you're sitting and you see, I've never seen Jesus. Yes, you have. You've seen those wonderful works and you've seen it in your own life. Testify to it. You can testify that I've seen the dead things come to life because I was dead and now I'm alive again and I saw my brother or my sister who was dead and they're alive again. You have seen. You have seen. May the eyes of your heart be enlightened. If today you, you came in here and you could never say, I've seen, I've seen the wounds uh, on his hands or his side. Yes, you have. If you can say, I'm born again. Yes, you have. If you can say, I've seen others come to Christ and the, their, their wounds of sin have been healed. You have seen it. You can testify it. You can be like Mary. You can be like the, the others that lock themselves in the room. Come out of that locked room and say, I've seen I have seen, and I'll testify to it. I want to I encourage you in that today, in your times of uncertainty, in your times of hesitation and doubt, in your times when that fear it comes, comes creeping in and it grabs a hold of you, and you want to internalize it. You want to internalize it. You really don't want to say it out loud. You don't want to say it out loud like Thomas did. You just want to internalize it. You want to go in that room and lock the door. I want to encourage you today. Christ is king. Christ is king. He is the way and he's the truth and he's the life. He is God with us and he's God in us. He is God in us. He died so that we could be alive. He is the living God. He's given you this this gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit. You, you know, I want to ask that question. Can you, can you say you've, you've received that indwelling Holy Spirit? 
Can you say you've got this indwelling Holy Spirit that'll give you the eyes of your heart to be enlightened to see what Jesus is doing? Oh, do you need more of this gift of the Spirit today? Or are you like those Samaritans who said, you know, I've been baptized, I'm born again, yes, but never really received that gift of the Holy Spirit. Today's a day. We heard earlier, we were encouraged, don't leave this room. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ is here. His Holy Spirit is here. And this is nothing to be afraid of. It's actually something that's amazing and wonderful and he'll say to you, peace, peace. He doesn't fill you with his Holy Spirit to freak you out or scare you. Oh, it's to give you peace, peace. May the eyes of your heart be open today to see Jesus so you can fix your eyes on him. We're gonna hear some of this song that we heard earlier. And I just encourage you, if you could stand to your feet and sing some of it, you need some more of that spirit, don't leave. You come forward here and if you need prayer, just, just let us know. Say, I wanna be prayed for. I'd like to be prayed for. I'd like someone to come and just lay their hands on me and pray with me and give me that gift of the Spirit more. I want to see Jesus more. I truly need to fix my eyes on him. I haven't been doing it like I should. I need to. You don't need to leave today without that, without that infilling, great, awesome gift of the Holy Spirit. God's doing works here right now. God's meeting people. He's touching hearts. And there's no reason, there's no reason to rush away. Let's stand here and bask in the presence of Almighty God. Let's not rush out of here. Let's not miss a chance. Let's not miss this time of visitation of the Lord. Let's be open. Let's be open so that we can say like that song says, to see him as he is, to see you as you are, Jesus Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just sing that chorus again a few times, Cameron, and, and, and continue just to invite the presence of God. And, and again, if you, you want more of the Spirit of God, you, don't, don't be shy. Don't be hesitant. Don't leave without being touched by God this morning. Christ, the King, the living, breathing God, the light, the way, Messiah, God with us. How great the revelation to see you as you are. The Christ, the King, exalted over all. If I put my trust in anyone, it's Jesus. If I put my hope in anything, it's you. If I'm gonna follow anyone, it's Jesus. If I'm sure of anything, it's always you. The Christ. The King, the living, breathing God, 
the light, the way, Messiah God with us. How great the revelation to see you as you are, the Christ, the King, exalted over all. Anyone here at these altars, you need prayer, you just let us know. If you want to pray and meditate at these altars on your own, that's fine. If you want someone to pray with you, you just raise your hand, make it known. We have those who'd be happy to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these, these hearts that are here right now, hearts that want to see you, hearts that want to say, Lord, I pray you'd open the eyes of my heart. Lord, I pray that for everyone here, that they, their, their eyes would be open to see the revelation of Jesus Christ. God, we, we know we, we may not see you in any natural way, but God, you reveal yourself. You show yourself. We see what you've done at the cross. We know we've been carried from death to life. Thank you for that, God. Thank you for so many here who can profess that and say it with conviction and surety. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Thank you for that, God. And Lord, I just pray. I pray right now for the living Holy Spirit to fall upon this church, to fall upon every believer. God, to move in their lives. May their cup not be half full. May their cup overflow with the spirit of the living God. Lord, that you would, that you would give that that great seal of faith, that you would give confidence and encouragement in any times of uncertainty and doubt, in times on top of the mountain when they're praising you too, God, that you would continue to hold them and be the rock and firm foundation. God, I just pray, I pray for more of the spirit of the living God for this church, for your whole church, God. We need your spirit, we need your spirit. We need the living spirit of the resurrected Jesus Christ. You walked this earth, Jesus, but you promised we wouldn't be orphans. We wouldn't be alone. Lord, if there's anyone here feeling lonely today, if they're feeling orphaned, fill them with your spirit, Lord. Touch them afresh. Give them a new a, a, a anointing and filling of your spirit, God. Lord, that anyone wouldn't leave here thinking they're alone, that, that, that they've got no one. They've got you. Fill them, my God. Fill them, my God. Fill them. And we pray that you would. We pray that you would, God. And we pray that there'd be that desire in hearts for more of your spirit, your gentle and your loving and your kind and compassionate spirit that says, peace, peace. May that peace, God, rest on every single one here, anyone joining us who needs that peace. May the peace of Christ be with them all and go with them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. And bless your people now as they go. Be with us, Lord, this week. In every moment, we need you and we just pray you'd be in front of us, behind us, in us. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. And uh, again, you don't...